Good morning. You are on Faith FM. This is the Brecky Show. Um, if you're in Newcastle, it's 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Um, this morning, it's Wednesday. It's the 1st of January. It's our second day back on the show. And you're with Minnie. Carly. And Mitch. You mixing it up. How are you guys feeling? What are you grateful for? Yeah, um, look, I'm feeling pretty good. It's uh, another day. I woke up this morning. That is a win. Always ideal. Yep, yep, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's my first choice you yeah. know, in the morning yeah. to wake up, you know. <laughs> yep, yep. I feel it, it makes for a good day. As opposed to your second choice, which would be... Well, sleeping's not. <laughs> actually, actually, let's be real. <laughs> well, good call. I wasn't right, sure where stuff. I was going with that, but right. how are you feeling, Mitch? I'm good. I'm feeling good. I'm excited. I've got the uh, next couple of days. We're uh, heading down south towards uh, South New South uh, Jet Camps. Which yeah. I'm keen for, and you two are also going yes. to. So. Yes. So there's summer camps down Jindabyne, which Jindabyne. is like, I don't know exactly where it is. It's like south of Canberra. Mm. Two hours south of Canberra. There we go. Roundabout. Okay. Yeah. I have been there before one time. <laughs> um, no, I reckon that'd be so good. But it's fun to have you guys on the show, actually. That's, that's something it's I'm thankful for. Actually, yeah. thanks I, for having us. I am thankful because I was like, <laughs> Lila's away. Who will come? We kind of stitch ourselves up a little bit with timetabling, and then I kind of wrote these guys into it. Specifically, um, was just like, hey, you could learn some new skills. Let's mm, she did. She, <laughs> let's she come pulled out. a learning new skill card and, yeah, couldn't really argue with that one. So, hey, we're here. And it, was we're a good, it was a good pull. Yeah. Mm. Well, it's kind of nice to have all of us as well, you know. Yeah. It just mixes things up a bit, you know. It's nice to have three people more than two at times. Mm-hmm. What's on the rest of the day for you guys after this? We're going to have some brekkie, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yep, breakfast. Was going to be beach. Uh, we, we drove here and it's it's cloudy. It is. But that doesn't necessarily mean no beach. So Yeah. We'll, we'll see. It just means more of an adventure. Mm-hmm. That is what it means. You know what, though? I am appreciating the cloudy days when it means that it's rained overnight because mm. I was out in my veggie garden the other day, which I haven't really worked on at all. And it's just been really nice that for days. It's just rained overnight and I haven't had to do anything. But I suddenly realized I probably should do something. But anyway. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Um, Good news, stories. What do you guys have for us today? Well, Let's chat positively different. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, this story that I found took place on the first day of the year, and it took place in Avondale, Arizona, America, actually. Nice. Which is pretty cool. And yeah, it was really interesting because this lady was looking across the street at a neighbor's house, and she saw all this smoke coming out of the garage, realized that the house was on fire. It wasn't the ideal situation. Ran across the street super early in the morning, banged on the door really loudly, and just kept banging for ages. She was just banging on this door. No one answered for a while. And then eventually some people came to the door and she was like, you have to get out now, get out of the house. And there was a lady, her husband and four kids, and they raced everyone out of the house, pyjamas and all. And then, yeah, the fire people were saying that in a couple of minutes they all would have been gone because the whole house just collapsed. So literally saved their life and Mm. invited them back over to her house. And, yeah, just an amazing story of someone seeing a situation and going, if I don't actually act here, this could have a really bad consequence. So I'll put myself out of the way that I would normally, you know, be spending my time and I'm going to go and save them. Mm. And, yeah, literally saved their lives. And we were watching the video just before we were off air and, like, she's going hard. Mm. She's, like, knocking on the She's like, you have to get up. And I was like, man, you – You'd be so grateful afterwards, but at the time you'd be like, oh, what? Like, mm-hmm. go away. <laughs> yeah, and these guys were saying that they, you know, because of the way that, you know, it was banging on the door in the time, they were just like, is this the cops? Like, are the yeah. cops at the door? What's going on? And and eventually, you know, they woke up and were like, okay, yep. Whoa, everyone get out. It's time to go. <laughs> get out now. <laughs> Don't take anything with you. Yeah, just incredible story. Yeah, someone looking out for other people. Yeah, 100%. Hey. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, before I, uh, before I dive into my story too quickly, I want to read you this quick. Uh, letter that came from an Arkansas cancer clinic. Okay. 
It goes like this. The Arkansas Cancer Clinic was proud to serve you as a patient. Although various health insurances pay most of the bills for majority of patients, even the deductibles and copays can be burdensome. Unfortunately, that is the way our healthcare system currently works. The clinic has decided to forego all balances owed to the clinic by its patients. Happy holidays. Whoa. This came from a oncologist in Arkansas named Dr. Omar Atik, who has been running his uh, cancer treatment center for about 30 years. He forgave $650,000 worth of debt. That's amazing. It's hectic. Go here. I love people like this. Yeah. That they're just like they can because obviously you have to financially be in a place you can do that, mm. right? You can't stitch yourself up totally, otherwise you can't keep doing the business. Mm. But that's a lot. That's mm. amazing. That's and that that, right that would be both personal and business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, there's more that comes at that cost than just you know. Yeah. You know, giving back to the community. I think mm. that's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Man, I um I sent Carly a quote the other day from a mm. book I read and p- part of it is about anonymous giving, which I thought was really cool. But I really liked that it was saying instead of, oh, I had it go. I forgot. Do you remember how it went? Basically, it was the idea that when we give, mm. specifically anonymously, but I still think kind of whenever when you receive a gift like that or something else unexpectedly, it kind of makes you start suspecting the world of good. Mm. Like instead of make, like being suspicious that everyone around you is – you know, like out to get you or that the world is full of hate, it kind of makes you be like, oh, maybe, maybe people care, yeah. you know. And it just – I was like, I'd love to be more of a person who can be part of that, like spreading that. Yeah. And to be a recipient of something like that gift because financial – man, it just adds add stress to your life, right? And to have that, you would just – you'd be so stoked just on life. You'd be like, man, people are the best. Life is so good. Even though it's hard, right? Like that's a canter place. Yeah. Like it's not – a fun time, I'd imagine. Mm. Um, do you have any more stories for us, Mitch? <laughs> tell us. Tell us. A- <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> tell you're, us you're putting me in it today. <laughs> I found out uh, just before the show something that blew my mind, and I, I'm stoked about this. <laughs> there is, and I don't have the details in front of me, but there is an individual who has started to use mushrooms for things that mushrooms should finally actually be used for. <laughs> They are using mushrooms, or the more specifically the root part of the mushroom, which grows the fastest, to make bricks, which are actually stronger than concrete, mm. which, you know, just appeals to me because I don't like eating mushrooms. <laughs> anyway. Lyle is also not a fan of the old mushroom situation, so if he were here, he would concur with you and he'd tell you that they're the worst. They are. They are. I'm surprised you two aren't concurring with me, frankly. Has, has this always been your, your position on mushrooms? <laughs> or did you have a bad yes. mushroom yeah. experience? Yeah, was it a traumatic time for you at some point? I'd prefer not to answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, well, so my brothers, when I was growing up, oh, what did my mum make? All I remember is that my mum put mushrooms in They ate it before and then she cooked mushrooms in this particular thing, which they didn't think should have mushrooms in it. And then I don't know if it was one or both, but definitely one of them just would not eat mushrooms ever again. He's like, no, it's disgusting. I won't, I won't touch that. Whereas I love mushrooms. Not so much raw. My cousins will eat them raw. I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. If you guys eat raw mushrooms, tell us. Tell us about these times and how 
they're enjoyable. Or if you, like mm. me, have had a horrible experience with mushrooms, <laughs> send that in as well. Yeah, Mitch would let like us some know. support if that's okay. <laughs> yeah, to let him know he's not the only one other than him and Lyle in the world who's yeah. not liking mushrooms. And we did see this morning, which is I think how we – is this how we got onto this? So I think it's Adidas is – trying to start a line of sneakers. Mm. That is, yeah. Now, they, they said it's made out of mushroom leather. I don't know what that means. Nothing appeals to me more than walking <laughs> on mushrooms. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm assuming it's the same thing. I'm, I'm assuming it's from the mycelium root or whatever thing. Um, that seems to be what... It'd be the, the strongest out. part of the mushroom, I'm assuming. <laughs> I've really sense. got no idea. But I'm amazed that you have... Because so, in my head, things like, like mushroom... Oh, it's not a vegetable... But in my head, I categorise it all. You know, it's all the stuff you can eat. It's not, well, a, it's not a fruit or a vegetable. Mitch disagrees that it's something you can eat. No, well, actually, it is, in, in fact, a fungus. It's not a fruit or a vegetable, yeah, but, you know, categorically. Someone, anyway. For someone who doesn't like mushrooms, you know an awful lot yeah. about them. No, your enemy. That's just... Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I respect that. <laughs> um, but I think it's really cool that they can be making things mm. out of it. Because to me, bricks, sneakers, seem like very different things. And yet it seems to do the job for both. Like, I don't know how mm. that works. But because, you know, sneakers, you want a bit of, like, flexibility in that. Bricks, you'd rather not. Yeah. The opposite, <laughs> like, really. <laughs> really, quite opposite. Very interesting. And one thing can do things so far on opposite sides of that spectrum. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mushrooms, interesting times. Mm. I guess they've had a few different things. Like, there's been hemp, there's been bamboo, there's been all kinds of things people are trying to find to... What does it be? A bit more environmentally friendly? Mm. And go them. I'm like full respect for looking for different ways to do things that we normally do. Um, anyway, we are going to move on with our show. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Alrighty, welcome back. This is The Breakfast Show. You are with Mini Cal- Carly and Mitch. Nearly just slurred that whole <laughs> sentence. Let me share with you some news stories. So... A few years ago, this program started in Victoria. So the Embedded Youth Outreach Program is a partnership between Melbourne's police officers who do the overnight patrolling the streets um, and youth workers who provide on-the-spot support and referrals for young offenders to address the underlying issues of crime, which I think is quite interesting. I just finished reading a book called The Cross and the Switchblade. It's from Mm. ages ago. Is it the 60s or something? I don't know. It was a while back. It was in the US. Um, and so when I was reading this story, I was like, oh, interesting. I think in my head we don't have street gang problems. Um, but, yeah, they've just found that in particular areas they are. It's becoming a problem. And, yeah, a few years ago the Victoria Police kind of had to admit that the city was facing some some problems. Um, and there was a fundamental shift from low harm offending teenagers by teenagers as young as like, you know, 13 years old to quite high harm um, crimes and violence by the time they're in their 20s. Uh, and according to psychologist and lawyer James Ogloff, Ogloff I don't know, um, he said it's rare to find things that work in youth justice. But he says that the Embedded Youth Outreach Program is one that is showing success. So the aim of it is essentially to connect the child or the young teen with services as soon as possible. So as soon as they come in contact with the police, try to connect them also with a youth worker rather than just letting it go on weeks or months before there's actual intervention. Because, like, that's the point, right? If you can intervene early on, in theory, you're going to have more success. Um, And, yeah, one teen said that the program has a domino effect because to begin with it goes, oh, they care. And then it also allows them to kind of have one step to the next. Because, man, it's hard. If you're trying to get out of a way of, 
life or thinking or feeling or whatever and you don't know where to go and how do you even know to find the people who can help you know where to go? And so that's what this program is essentially trying to help them do. Um, And unsurprisingly, the program has revealed that they come in with multiple complex psychological issues, often relating to offending and vulnerability. It's not really surprising, you know, for a bunch of the teens um, who they kind of shared their story a bit. Some of it was about just crisis of identity, you know, like where do I belong? Particularly if there was a cultural aspect, like I've been born in Australia, but I have background from here, but I have here, but I'm not really accepted here. Or, you know, there was just past grudges of things or there, yeah, there was racial elements or there was just so many factors that go into it. Like it's not just a one answer thing. Mm. But I think it's awesome when you have people who are just going, let's invest and connect and that makes a difference. And I still fully believe that, hey, like where the people are. And we talk about this, right? Like Jesus mingled with the people. Mm. You can't change everyone's life. And some people don't want to be helped. You can't help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. But if you're at least investing you're going to make a difference that you can't have if you're not. Like, it's just, mm. it's just the way you're making an work. effort. Exactly. Yeah. Fully. I mean, I don't know if you guys had people in your life. Like, I was never in a situation where I needed this sort of help. Mm. But I know as a teenager I was a bit crazy. And it fully mattered having even, like, the teacher or the parent, you know, like a friend's parent who was like, hey, like, how are you doing? What's been happening? I was like, oh, you mm. care? Like, <laughs> so true. Yeah. And you're – so, Carly, you're a teacher. Yep. Mitch is going to be a teacher. Yes. As are you. Yeah, as, as am I. Yeah. <laughs> so in theory, we all want to or are trying to be mm. part of that difference yeah. for kids, yeah. And I think when you, like you're saying, like when you actually hang out with people and you spend time and you hear their story, mm. that's when, oh, how's the other one, the quote go? When you, um, you t- we tell our stories to those who have earned the right to hear them. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love that quote just because we're not, always super trusting of people and so it's like oh hey min like if you ask how i'm going and i know that you care and you wait for the answer then i'll be more likely to actually share with you and then you'll actually know more of my story so you'll actually be able to help and so it's just when it's it's that time thing of actually investing in lives and going okay well now we know each other and in this situation like how can you actually help people how can we connect people with others who can help them professionally or Mm. or just socially i think that makes a big difference Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's all accumulative isn't it Mm. really like yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was in primary school, <laughs> which in Queensland, when I was going through, grade seven was the last year, mm. whereas I think now it's changed to grade six, which is the same as New South Wales. Uh, anyway, I had this teacher. I was like, <laughs> oh, man, my poor teachers. Nearly every teacher I have apologized to <laughs> since finishing school, but she, man, she worked so hard with me. Um, yeah, I'm just going to give her a shout out, like, Miss Miss Coop. Miss Cooper. We just called her Coops, even though the other teachers didn't like it, but she told us we could, so we did. Um but I distinctly remember saying to someone once, I was just like, I'm never going to tell you what's wrong, but the fact that you asked means I'm willing to listen to you in other areas of life. I'm not saying that, so I'm proud of that, by the way. <laughs> would have been ideal Cannot if I'd actually Cannot condone this tactic. Yeah, no, I'm not saying taking around with it. But I just remember because she was the one who actually worked really hard and I, I didn't share stuff and I still kind of don't. Like it's not my go-to to be like, yes, I'm going through this thing. But um, because she made me know that she was about I mean if she asked me to do my work which I wasn't doing for any other teacher I was like mm, you yes you have time for me I can have time for you mm. and in my little kid mind it all made sense <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> but ah, okay I did say though I better talk very very quickly about this so vaccines a bunch of places in Europe and the US have um rushed well not rushed you but they've put out some emergency vaccine approvals um but Australia is not really as keen about it. So Scott Morrison has condemned calls to 
um, for the spread of the coronavirus rollout across Australia, saying that the rush rush to have vaccines out so soon is just very dangerous. Um, the Prime Minister said that the health officials need time to do their jobs and make sure batches are safely and efficiently tested um, and that although it is a serious issue, it is being managed with quarantine. Um, and as I said, Qantas, in theory, is selling flights from July the 1st this year to start doing international travel, but their decision to start selling is going to be based on um, the projection of a vaccine rollout and possible vaccine certification would be a condition for travel. So, look, we'll see how that all goes. I'm pretty excited for borders to open, even though I don't really have the money or time specifically to go right at this moment. It's just nice to know that the option is there. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was saying to these guys off just before the show that a friend sent me yesterday a message that was just like, what did, what did it get? my toxic trait is that when I'm bored, I start looking at flights. <laughs> but this year, well, last year, that wasn't really an option because it just wasn't yeah. flights. Yep. And even if there was, couldn't take them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, we will continue to see how this situation plays out. The government's copying a bit of criticism for saying that, but um, other people saying that's a really good choice. I'm not going to chuck it my opinion here because – this is radio and people will criticise me for whatever I to say. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. For right now, we have Jennifer Skews on the phone. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. So this morning, I believe we're going to talk a bit about brain function and brain structure, which is super interesting. Um a lot about it but i do find it a very fascinating part of our life really we can't operate too well without our brains <laughs> it's that third of the brain that is consciously aware of what we're doing and makes decisions it's uh once that is damaged or not operating as they say you're a vegetable and they take you off life support yeah. so the brain is an essential organ even though we've talked about the heart brain connection because there's a mind-body connection, but the brain runs the show, basically. Um, it is it is fearfully and wonderfully made, as uh, Psalm 139 tells us, mm-hmm. and there's just information about the brain, the structure of it. It's um, Computers were fashioned on the brain. A computer will never equal or be anywhere near the capacity of our brain function. It's made up of trillions of cells and it's got a complex chemical factory. But it also, you can break it down to simply understand what the brain is about. For example, the brain stores information in the five senses, both emotionally and like visually in context. Mm. And it's like we have a video player that's recorded in the brain. And that video player is what we call neuroplastic. So it can change, it can grow. Um, we can delete cells, uh, we can add in information. So it's quite amazing uh, the way it works. And that means the five senses, when you smell something, when you hear something, when you touch something, it triggers memories in the brain, both emotionally and can be visually. And interestingly, they did um, research on the brain looking at how it works when they operate. And when they operate on the brain, they take back part of the skull and the person is conscious but obviously can't see because the brain doesn't have any pain receptors. They found when they get a little uh, electronic probe to detect the area to operate on that it will trigger some of these memories and they've had patients lying there can smell roses, hear music. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing. 
It's incredible, and that means we actually, it is like a video player, but it, it, it's not like just sight and sound. It's also the all the senses are active. Mm. And this is why when we program things, if it's a negative programming, it's quite traumatic because of those that sensory reaction. Is this also why, because I know that you do a bit of work with um, particularly women who have gone through pretty traumatic circumstances. Is that why yes. sometimes when they're trying to recall things, they won't necessarily remember some details, but they'll remember real strong, like this smelled yes. like this or, the, you know, there's there's often vagueness but then some very random specific detail? Yes. The conscious part of the brain will actually shut down at certain times and it won't either take the information in when it's highly traumatic or it will lock it in mm. and it puts it in. And this is where it's in the five senses. So that means any of the senses that recorded that a traumatic event can be triggered and you go back through it again. It's like it's reawakened, but the person doesn't realise it because it was in the past. So trauma is living the past in the present because it's programmed in the brain in that way. Mm. It's... Um, but we actually have three brains in one. We've got a survival part of the brain that uh, is automatic. It's unconscious. So, for example, if you go to walk across the street and someone pulls around the corner, you're going to automatically pull back because that triggers a fight-flight response. It gets adrenaline going. It gets the body responding to protect itself. So it has a self-protecting mechanism. Then we have a an emotional brain, and that's a part of the brain that is recorded or you know the dvd and the five senses is in part of that brain so we store emotional memories from and the first two years of our life that's the only thing we store we've got survival reaction as well as the emotional brain and then the third part of the brain which is your thinking brain doesn't actually develop enough until about two years of age and uh, then the brain grows and develops right through keeps growing until about our mid-20s, it reaches its full size. So it's, we have about 50% genetic program and then there's about 50% that develops depending on environment, social input. You know, bonding with the mother is a crucial factor for the brain to grow and develop healthily. There's that's a, that's mm, a really ahead. significant percentage. Like, did, what was it, yes. 50% is genetic and then the rest, yeah. oh, it's 50-50. So it's not just genes. We, yeah. What we do and what, and, and what even things we eat, what we do can change the way that genetic pool is um, activated. Mm. We can turn genes on and off through because of how the brain interprets things. So it's a pretty powerful organ when you look at how the brain works. And um, then along with that, the fact that you were just talking before about the neuroplasticity is that it still can grow and change. Like it's not, Absolutely. it doesn't have mm. to be rigid. And, oh, this is, I think the brain is so fascinating. Anyway, sorry, keep, tell, <laughs> tell us more, Jennifer. Okay. So we, the brain will grow and change until the day we die. Mm. Initially, psychologists or the scientists were saying, oh, no, you get a certain amount of brain cells and they die out and by the time you get old, you've lost a lot. And that's not true. We can damage the brain through many things, through diet, through lifestyle, you know, what we put in our body, how we treat the brain, stress levels, and it's use it or lose it. So when we do... Um, stop using cells, they actually start to die out. Um, but interestingly, they never fully, like a habit, when you change a habit, you can actually 
cull down the brain cells that carry that habit, but you never lose it totally. It's actually stored in an outer edge of the brain that um, so it can be activated again. Unfortunately, it's a bad habit. It is interesting to note that though, because yeah, it means if you've done something well once, you can do it again. Absolutely. Just maybe a bit aware of the things that you don't want to come back. <laughs> right. And that's what, I, that's what I help people do is to realize that even if you go back to that habit, you only very quickly you can change back to your new habit. Mm. Don't feed it, feed it or starve it principle, which is, is pretty amazing. So we can change the brain and until the day we die. We're changing, we're growing. It's pretty amazing. Um, they're even finding now with things like Alzheimer's is a lot you can do to help the brain not to go into that um, space where we, we lose it. Um, every positive thought you have resonates to every cell of the body and one positive thought will get every cell of the body producing really good chemicals and uplifted. If you have one negative thought, it's the opposite. It actually starts to... Uh, damage the cells where they start to lose their chemical balance. So one thought is pretty is powerful. That is very powerful. <laughs> it's a bit scary sometimes when you're in a negative frame of mind. You've got to go, no, let's let's suspend that. So again, this is what I help people do is mm. shift their thinking mode. If they're thinking a lot of negatives, let's turn it into something more constructive or suspend it. So. so I'm just curious then, you were talking about how we kind of have these three brains in one. So yes. then there's the, I guess, conscious cognitive thinking aspect. But what yes. about if someone, you know, like some of the people you work with, feelings, you know, they're very <clears throat> tied to the thoughts we have, right? So how do you yeah. help people shift, I guess, that yeah. emotional negativity, I want to say? That might not be the right terminology. No, it is. Um, this is where the emotional brain, if we work directly with the emotional brain and don't send the information we're taking in to be processed and um, sorted, then we're going to be very emotionally driven. So there's a part of the brain that when you take in the information in the five sense, it, it senses, it will either send it directly to the emotional brain for reaction or it will send it to the processing brain to think about it and make a decision. Hmm. So part of what I have to do is help people identify when they're doing their emotional reasoning or stuck in emotions and get them to step back, which is what we call a mindful process of coming back to the present, looking at it, processing the information and not just reacting emotionally. So that is a challenge for many people. It's uh, not always easy to do. Hmm. Breathing is an important part of resetting the brain, and we talked about that earlier where if the brain's reacting, the heart is reacting. If you calm the brain, you calm the heart. The calm the heart, sorry, it works both ways, but if you calm the heart down, then you reset the brain back onto that mindful process. So this is where I use um, just simple breathing, slow breathing, focus on the area of the heart and calm it down. There's lots of things. Nature will calm it down. Um, you know, positive things will calm the heart down. So there's a lot we can do to reset the brain and uh, get it back into balance. Mm. Is there a point, like what is the point where you can't do that? Because we know you just mentioned that the brain is always changing mm. and growing or whatever. Yeah. Is there a point when it, it does become too stuck? Like you know how people talk about, you know, that they're past the point of no return. 
Is that just because <laughs> consciously people aren't willing to do the work yeah. to make changes? I was just going to say free will has a lot to do with it. We have choices. But if you've been raised with no choices or you've been in abuse and trauma, then you don't think you've got any control. You have to then help the person to recognise they do have choices and they can change it. Yeah. So, it, yeah, yeah, and free will, um, the physical part of the brain, the conscience and the free will are actually physical parts of the brain in the the conscience is just behind, above the eyes, forehead, behind the forehead there, and then the will goes uh, be from the forehead right through to the back between that um, bundle of nerves that join left and right brain. And they find scientifically that you can actually measure whether people can make a good or bad decision and you can also measure their strength of will to action that decision. So it is something we can change. You know, nothing is impossible because the brain is constantly changing. You just have to know what you want to change and how to change it. That's what I do. So then my question for you is what about the people who don't know how? Like they can they can see there's something in their life. They're like, man, this is a problem, need to change. Yeah. But the how can be the kind of elusive part. What What do you kind of walk people through with helping them figure out the how so that they can then implement yes. it? Well, this is where I find what we call psychoeducation, teaching them about the brain like we're talking today and I show them diagrams, I teach them about the three brains and I teach them that the brain can change and it empowers people then to go, oh, I can do something about it. And then we look at skills in how do you, one, be self-aware, recognise when you're caught in your emotions, what decisions you have. I find writing things down really helpful when you're in an emotional mode, but you have to recognise I'm overreacting. <laughs> and if you go and write it down, it helps to step you back and process it and then you can look at it versus just having it swimming around your head and building the drama, so to speak. Mm. So there's a lot you can do to help yourself. You, know, you have to know you need help to do it or you're not doing it. That's the first step, I think. Mm. I heard something the other day which I thought was really interesting. They said, oh, how did it go? You cannot defeat what you cannot define. And I just thought yeah. that was really interesting because it was like, yeah, how can – like there's an acknowledgement, but sometimes if you don't even have the language to be able to sort that out. And like for me, for me, journaling helps. Like I, I find journal helpful. Some people don't. Some people are like, oh, useless. But yeah, yeah interesting. Interesting in relationship to that, scientists found that when the brain understands how it works, it works smarter. Hmm. So I encourage people, there's so much good information online, on YouTube, in books about the brain. Learn about the brain because this what you run on, you know, and when, you, when the brain understands how it works, you'll, you'll come to your mind and you'll be able to use it more effectively. Uh, and you're never too old to learn. doesn't matter how old you are. Just might might take a bit longer, but it's totally possible. It's all possible. In fact, some older people are meant to getting smarter and wiser. <laughs> we're going the wrong way if that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Jennifer, we're nearly out of time, but thank you so much for your time on the show. I think I'm not sure. Are you back next week, or is this our last week with you? Well, I think David might be back next week, but uh, if not, let me know. Awesome. Well. I'll be- it's been awesome to have you on the show the past few, oh, I guess, months, give or take a couple of weeks off. Um, yep. And, yeah, next week we will possibly not hear from you, but if we do, that's awesome too. <laughs> well, I'm always available if you, you know, ever need any input. I'm happy to help. 
Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.